0: It's now time for your Election Crimes Bulletin with Greg Tallis. I guess you can tell that this isn't commercial radio. You're listening to Flashpoints. This is the Election Crimes Bulletin. I'm Dennis Bernstein with Greg Palace. Greg, today we're going to take a structural look uh, at the kinds of things that are being used to prevent people from voting. Before we do that, though, Mm -hmm. I just want to make a point uh, and just kick this around a moment before we get started. I have warned that if uh, all the eggs are in the the one bastard, if you will, of the, did he violate national security laws, take those things, to, those files and uh, endanger, blah, blah, blah. That's going to go down uh, the, the sinkhole. And the real investigations, like what's happening in Atlanta, what's happening in New York, what's happening in Washington, D.C., will be sidetracked. And it's already starting to happen. I'm worried about that. Are you, Greg?
1: Well, yeah, because uh, because it is a distraction. We had a president of the United States who is conspiring, and this is no joke, to overturn a presidential vote. It's yeah. serious stuff. And now we're talking about how papers were marked and, and put in his closet. I almost you know, I always feel like it's a guy who went through a bad divorce and he's saying, I'm going to take my wife's old diaries or something. It's, it's like – OK, we're moving from something really serious. And yeah, you could say national security. What did he do? What he, he, he left his, uh the nuclear codes in, uh, you know, in, in the kitchen cabinet or something. Okay, come on, let's let's get serious here. And I'm very concerned that this is a major distraction. The Justice Department, this is an easy one for them because it's about papers that were where they shouldn't be. You know, I don't want to overly you know completely minimize it you know no uh, not minimize it you but shouldn't we be all, we know greg with government <laughs> with government papers
0: we, we know greg that right. what what is it 70% 80% what what percentage would you put on of stuff that is uh, called confidential and secret and it has nothing to do with needing to be secret other than the united states uh was involved in some kind of ugly action and they don't want anybody to talk about it so it gets <laughs> it gets the secret 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 but really eighty percent of that stuff should be public and we'd be a better culture for it but in any event leaving that where it is yeah. greg talk about eric the electronic registration eric. information center okay and what that right. has to do with people not being able to or allowed to vote or right well this is what i'm taking
1: your vote yeah Actually, it's very interesting because I'm going to tell you something important as opposed to what's been eating the news, you know, where where, uh, Donald Trump has certain papers. This is serious stuff. This is about our right to vote. And one of the most dangerous, dangerous attacks on the right to vote has gotten like zero, zero press. And And it's a system called Electronic Registration Information Center List. And what this group is is a group in Washington, they're not officials, they're not elected by anyone, they're a group in Washington, which comes up with a list of people who've moved. Now, if you move Dennis from California to Arkansas, well, you shouldn't still be voting in uh, California, but... What's happened is, is that this was originally created by the Brennan Center for Justice, the good liberals, progressive, wonderful people, who said, let's have a list of people who've moved, and then we could send them requests to have their uh, new registration. The idea was to expand registration. So if you move, they they follow you, and they say, hey, would you like to now register in Arkansas? Okay, that's very progressive. That's very good. That was why the liberals came up with this, the Pew Trust and the Brennan Center, and so a nice liberal operation, but- just like Chesapeake uh, Gas, the big fracking company, kind of ate the Sierra Club, and you see uh, corporations uh, like Balfour Beatty, infamous for bribing, took over the anti bribe organization, Transparency International. Here you've had now a number of Republican secretaries of state seize Eric. They've taken it over and they've inverted it. Instead of asking people, would you like to register? They're using the Eric lists, which are really poor, really, you know, just endlessly wrong and racially biased. They're using those Eric lists not to tell people, do you want to register, but to use it to remove voters. And I'm talking about by the millions. Let me repeat that. I mean, it's so big. And why, I don't know, you know, why doesn't this get news? I don't know. That's why we listen to flashpoints, isn't it? So for example, I did an, an investigation for Black Voters Matter in Wisconsin. And in Wisconsin, as you know, Joe Biden won Wisconsin by only 20,000 votes. There's no way he would have won that state if Black Voters Matter hadn't done an investigation of this removal. They were going to remove 135,000 voters from the voter rolls. We went through the list. I'm not saying we sampled. We got experts, you know, the same experts that uh, work with Amazon to uh, know where you live. And believe me, they know where you live. And they confirmed that uh, just short of 40,000 people on that list had never moved. Their only crime was voting while Asian, voting while as students, or voting while black. And we're not guessing about that either. So we literally have the names of every single person that was wrongly targeted for removal from the Wisconsin voter registry. And then working with the Washington Post, believe it or not, we mapped it. And we found that almost every person removed was either, if they're in Milwaukee, they were in a black census district; if they were in Madison, they were students. So you have black people and students. That's who was being removed. Now we were able. There was state election board in Wisconsin just before the 2020 election said, "No, we're not going to remove these people." Here's we now have a list of 40,000. You know, you got 40,000 names at least wrong, including like uh, we spoke to a guy. uh, Let's see if I pronounced the name right who Xinh Quau, who is, uh, you know, his parents are, are, came here from Vietnam. He had moved student housing down a, a few doors, two doors down in student housing. And they decide they were going to take away his vote because he had moved. But he moved two doors down. <laughs> you don't lose your vote for moving. But they knew what they were doing. Now, how did this happen? Who's behind this? So Biden would have lost Wisconsin. If this system was allowed to go through, but the the board said no, but they're going to trying to bring it back. Who's trying to bring it back? Who's behind this? Well, uh, a group we've talked about before, there's a front group called Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. And listen, I like law and liberty. But these guys are more interested in removing people like uh, Mr. Quao from the voter rolls. And they are backed by where they get their money, these lawyers. They got it from the Bradley Foundation of Wisconsin. These are the people that are behind, remember, True the Vote and the 2,000 mules, you know, accusing uh, black men of stuffing ballots uh, and that came up with the vigilante, uh, came up with the lists of uh, 300,000 people to challenge in um, Georgia. Same crew. So they are fighting for this. And now Wisconsin may... Reinstitute this, but guess what? Who's joined ERIC, this system now? It's now 30 states, including, as of this year, Georgia, Florida, Texas, Arizona. Do you recognize those states? What, what's special about those states is that they are Republican-controlled states who joined this new purge system, backed by the billionaire Bradley Foundation. And that's what's going on. But the problem is you don't get any negative press on this because, again, it was established by good liberals, the Brennan Center and the Pew Trust. But now it's in boarded and taken over. And you also have the problem that, you know, uh, President Obama, remember when he said when he saw those lines, and he said, gee, when he says, look at all those people waiting hours in line to vote. Someone ought to do something about that. And he was, you know, and someone pointed out to him that if only you were president, maybe you could do something. So then he decided he would do something, which is to point a blue-ribbon panel. You know that that's what politicians do. They say, they are going to do something, we're going to point a panel. Now, he didn't put Black Voters Matter on there. He didn't put any, a single expert on there. But he did put on Hans von Spakowski. Now, Spakowski, who you may have saw in 2,000 Mules, if you suffered through that, is the guy who decided that, who's made the claim that 5 million Illegal aliens are voting in U.S. elections. That's who Obama put on his blue ribbon panel. And that blue ribbon panel then endorsed Eric, this purge system. And by the way, Obama's panel endorsed cross-check, which we were able to eliminate the uh, Chris Kobach system, which was eliminated as wrong and racist. So you got this basically a cross-check replacement. Now, I know this sounds technical. But you know what? If this system had been in place in Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia, Florida, as it's now being as we are facing now for either November or it'll be in 2024. There's no way that Biden would have won the election. It makes a difference. We are talking about the margins in all those states without any question. So, you know, if you'd have lost 40,000 black voters and student voters in Wisconsin, Biden would not have won the state. And of course, this had been in position before the 2020 election in Georgia, there would have been what Trump wanted, his 12,000 votes. And obviously we got the swing states of Florida and now we have Arizona's significant, of course, because again, he won Arizona by what, 11,000 votes? So this is the, this is the plan that again, if you would rerun this election with this system in place, as we will in 2024, whether it's Biden or not. But anyway, if it was in 2020, Trump would be uh, would still be president. So this is serious stuff, which does not get covered except on Flashpoints. So thank you for letting us put this out.
0: Now let's talk about uh, topic two for today. Uh, this has to do with uh, the the censorship of vote suppression stories now yes. this is ominous greg because yeah i i've had my poetry pulled down from facebook <laughs> now based on For good reason. you know prompts <laughs> you know what i mean it's satire it's whatever but it doesn't matter anymore it's keywords so i imagine greg uh, you, some of your stories on vote suppression are being suppressed because well, they look like yes. they're on they're they're meant to suppress. For, anyway, I mean this is a problem. So here,
1: here's a big problem. We we do have this problem that we now have so-called progressives, like good friends of mine, like Congresswoman Jan Schakowsky and others, who've been pushing for the uh, tech companies and the platforms to take off to censor more and more you know now unfortunately there's some people who are on the you know within the progressive ambit who are pushing very hard for censorship but they don't understand mark zuckerberg believe it or not does not wake up every morning and read through a hundred million new facebook posts it's done by computers with trigger words so for example my report from georgia about the lawsuit brought by black voters matter which i had in democracy now They pulled down the Democracy Now! report because at the beginning of the report, I allow the Trump people to say this election has been stolen. I mean, I give them their view and then I then we did a report showing why they were dead wrong and they were trying to steal. They were trying to steal the election. I just had another report taken down. The Rick Smith show, which is a Pacifica show, they took off my uh, and I was barred from LinkedIn, I don't know what LinkedIn has to do with my radio shows, but they said that on the radio, I had said, the good news is, God, I'm going to get you pulled down too. The good news is they can't steal all the votes all the time. I'm encouraging people to vote, and not get you know, distracted by the fact that there is suppression. So I said that phrase and they said, that's it. You're off LinkedIn forever because now you've said that there are, there are stolen votes. And here's the problem. Even in the film I'm making right now, it's horrendous because I can't use I can't use the, the word when they remove. Like, as you know, we've talked about like uh, the the military, uh, the, the African-American soldiers being removed from the voter rolls of Georgia. I can't say their votes have been stolen. I have to say suppressed. That's OK. But I'm going to tell you something, you know, like you can use the word suppressed, But here's the problem, Dennis. When someone steals your car. You don't say, my car has been suppressed. My car has been suppressed. Your car has been stolen. But you can't say that now. You know, you know that my stories from the 2000 election in which I said George Bush stole the election by removing his brother, removing 58,000 black voters from the voter rolls as felons, whose only crime was voting while black. All those stories are one by one being removed from the net. Because I said the election was stolen. And remember, we have these Democrats, it's the Democrats, unfortunately, guys like Adam Schiff, who said anyone who says an American election has been stolen has undermined American democracy. Well, I have one question for Mr. Schiff. At the same time, he's also supported H.R. Uh, 1, which is a bill to reduce vote suppression. So if vote suppression exists, are you saying that it's never, ever resulted in a stolen election ever so we have to have a bill against vote suppression even though it doesn't matter i guess that's the democrats line it you notice that in the new york times and la times and san francisco chronicle etc while they will they will do stories about vote suppression tactics not like things like eric that's too complicated for them to do and too expensive for them to do by the way the um washington post spiked that story <laughs> i'm not kidding you they did but black voters matter put out the report and thank god the state accepted accepted our analysis and our and our information but not the Washington Post and again they're scared of saying that elections get stolen because they do you don't have vote suppression you don't have attempts to remove vote suppression unless they had some effect so this is a dangerous dangerous new thing and unfortunately too many progressives in my opinion if I may editorialize are jumping on this censorship bandwagon If we get into a censorship fight, we're going to lose that one. I guarantee you we will lose that one because, you know, the guys who actually suppress the vote, the the Trumps and the Kemps and the others, they have plenty of ways to get their information out. And, of course, they love the censorship because then they can operate in the dark because I can't run the stories except in the most oblique manner. So you have to use language like suppression so that uh, no one notices it. And it's, it's all clean. It's all sanitized. Well, I'm sorry. These are stolen okay. elections. And we got to expose them.
0: Absolutely. All right, Greg, we're running out of time. I, mm-hmm. I want to come back to right. Georgia now. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a bit of a setback. Uh, the governor is being allowed to testify after the election in georgia in terms of the vote suppression so that is sort of uh interesting He's, she's also announced though she's going to be interviewing some fairly high profile folks uh in the next couple of weeks and we also heard in the washington dc grand jury uh, that they're interested in talking to the Trump White House counsel and chief of staff. So that's sort of interesting as well. Do you think the setback in Georgia in terms of uh, the DA's not being able to uh, interview the governor after, until after the election is going to have a, a major damage effect on the investigation or what?
1: I don't think it'll damage the investigation because the work of Fannie Willis, the DA of Fulton County— is to find out who tried to block uh, whether trump and cronies were trying to illegally block the correct count of the vote in georgia here's my problem with with the ruling i think that when people are voting between making a choice between brian kemp and Stacey abrams i think that we should know what brian kemp said to donald trump i think i think it's not you know the excuse that uh i shouldn't have to testify before a grand jury because i'm running for office first of all that's just going to draw in every crook in the world. I'm going to knock off a 7-Eleven, then run for dog catcher. I don't have to t- show up for trial. Excuse me. And But even more important, we deserve to know what the governor said to Trump. I mean, the people of Georgia, when they're voting, they should know did he really – because he, he claims publicly but not under oath that he told Trump, I can't do this. But we don't know what he actually said. And when – He's under oath. It's amazing how these stories change, how the how going under oath and the threat of a of perjury charges really refocuses the mind. I'd also like to know such things as did he tell Trump to call his secretary of state because I know these guys and I was there and these guys, it it would be inconceivable that Trump would have called the secretary of state without asking, getting the advice to make that call from the governor or telling the governor that's what he's doing. So if the governor knew about that illegal call to the Secretary of State, I think that the voters of Georgia should know that before the election. Because imagine what if all this stuff comes out three weeks after the election? That's, to me, that's outrageous. We deserve, it's our government. The conversations between a president and a government and a governor. They work for us, and somehow this has been forgotten, and the courts think that the job is to protect them. Brian Kemp is not a defendant. He's a witness, and since when do witnesses get off the hook because they're in a political campaign? I think this is a dangerous new precedent. I've never heard of it in my life in all my career working in racketeering and other cases that a witness gets off because they're running for office. Please, dangerous stuff, dangerous stuff.
0: Yeah, and I guess we better hold off on Trump until uh, we get to 2024, because he's going to be running for president. Running? And, you know, he's got the right to run. We don't want just a minor insurrection, you know, gallows and <laughs> wanting to kill the vice president, and stuff like this. It's really, you know, stuff that can wait until we have an important election. It really is insane, Greg, to watch this unfold. But I, I do think that the folks in the Democratic Party and those independents who want a fair election better start paying attention because um, all of this stuff is going to be used against the Democrats and is going to be used against the independents and the students and black and brown people. We've been watching this for years, so we won't be surprised if all voter suppression is focused on people of color and those who don't uh, uh, have over a billion bucks. Anyway, final words, Greg, because we're going to have to jump off now. What's coming up?
1: Well, one thing that's coming up is that on October 19th, we're going to be showing my film Vigilante, Georgia's vote suppression. Yeah. Hopefully, hit man. it's going
0: to be done by then. What will we show if it's not done? <laughs>
1: no, it's, 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 it's basically done. We're doing the last little strokes on it. But it will be okay. at the Grand Lake Good. Theater. It will be a fundraiser for KPFA, and I expect you all to be
0: there. All right. Well, I'm going to be there. I assure you, I'll be the guy, the only one wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Why, You're a, a, a Trump mask, or what kind of whose mask you going to pretend <laughs> uh, to be? Uh... I don't know. I've got a choice, Greg. There's so many masks that I could choose from. Right now, I'm going to have to unmask this segment and move on. Greg Palast, the segment is the Election Crimes Bulletin. We do this every Thursday. Uh, We are happy to have you along and happy to have you with us, Greg, for brilliant programming, uh, standing up and calling attention to the threat to the uh, right of uh, all Americans to vote. Thanks for being with us. Get that now. You're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica. Good. (laughs) Tell him I said hello. You're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio.